Welcome to another episode of Reverse Ambition. My name is Kelsey Cooper, the social broker, and I have today's guest, Mr. Charles Kirkendall. Charles is a good friend of mine. Paul. Yeah, Negro. Charles, Charles, <laughs> beloved Charles. Yo, let, can I can I do your uh, can I mess up your bio? Just let me mess up your bio, okay? Go ahead, man. <laughs> Go ahead, talk the truth. Ah. Charles is a head of talent acquisition at Playverses. Outside of work, he continued his focus on making a broader impact, having created Black Man at Facebook while there, serving as a lead for Black in LA while there, and also founder of R&B House Party, a traveling party series from multicultural professionals to authentically celebrate our culture through sheer nostalgia of R&B house party. Charles is married to a beautiful, his beautiful wife, Shireen, and I have a son, CJ. What's up, brother? How you doing, bro? I'm good, man. See, you I'm know, you, you don't even need to read all that. Like you actually know. I know. So I, want I the, know. I want the listeners to know why, why you hear that. He I, does know me in real life. But I know. You know I, I'm trying to sound all couch. professional, man. I'm trying to, you know, I'm trying to sound professional. We're not partying right now, even though I am drinking a, a little something, something. Yo, man. Yo, listen, I've been watching you move, brother. I admire your move, but I want I the listeners that. to hear your journey. Mm-hmm. You know, let, you know, take me through your journey in terms of where you're from, where you grew up, uh, where you went to college, what you majored in, you know, lead, you know, got us to where you are now and whatnot and how you got here. Oh, so, I mean, that's, that's a lot. We could be here for a minute, but I, I'll keep it somewhat brief. So Charles Kirkendall, born and raised Chicago, Illinois. I start there because Chicago is really what shaped me, um, that experience. Being mm-hmm. in, you know, the Midwest, the vibe that it has, the the aura, the, everything wow. about Chicago, I love. That is where I'm from. Um, grew up on the West Side, which is the hood, um, pre-gentrification. Where are you from the hood? Did. Come on, son. Stop playing with me. I did not know. I did not know. I thought it was well, like... A- there, there's a caveat. No, I was not no Beverly Hills. <laughs> I was no suburbs kid. But, um, you know, from the hood. But, you know, we did have like a, a new house. Um, on the block, it wasn't like I was, you know, really, really, really dogging it, dogging it, but, you know, mm-hmm. it definitely was in the hood. Um, and it just really was a crazy experience growing up, walking to the bus stop, seeing prostitutes, wow. uh, seeing sting operations, seeing wow. drug deals go down. Like, I know it. I've seen it. Really? Oh, nah, I, you know when you feel like you need to get off the porch because somebody wow. like, shoot. Like, no, bro. Like, that's, that's why I grew I mean, up. I, I, I mean, he's all bougie now. I mean, no, he, I didn't know he, he came from I'm the rough side. I'm no Malibu now. But like, <laughs> you know what I mean? I still had that street sense, but that's how I grew up, man. And it was it was just so dope that even in the midst of that, my mom kept us super laser focused um, as somebody who at that point, you know, hadn't graduated from college herself, but, you know, had always preached education and, mm-hmm. and excellence and scholastic and really just trying to focus and make something of yourself. Uh, so, you know, every morning when I woke up, my mom was like, hey, you either going to college or you're going to the army, but you're getting up out of my house. Oh, that, that was that was every day. Um, wow. And I, we believed it. We knew that, you know, we turned 18. We had no else to go if we weren't in college. Uh, and so that was where that was where our focus was. And what that led to was us really being focused in, in, in the scholastic endeavors very early on. We both mm-hmm. skipped grades. We were advanced. We both went to college at 16. My older brother is 16. You went to college at 16? Yeah, we both went to college at 16. He's 16 months wow. older than me, but we were both super advanced. Um, going to college at 16, it sounds really great. But, um, you know, I had some ebbs and flows like a high school. I stopped caring about school. I was focused on girls. I did that. Of course. Like my whole priority shit. <laughs> but, you know, uh, it was great because we got off to a to an early start. So, you know, Chicago um like i mentioned go off to college DePaul university in Greencastle, indiana that was the most impactful time of my life uh a being in a place that really enabled my creativity um, mm. i would say before that you know what i'm saying in in, in in high school like i led choirs and i did things i was coming up with new and creative ideas like DePaul really was a space that enabled your creative juices to flow. If you had an idea, uh, you could go through an allocations board, get it approved, whether that mm-hmm. was through, you know, the fraternity angle, whether that was through my um, 
other organizational angle, whether it was through like, you know, the choir that I was running, you know, whatever you could get support for and get budget for and be able to do it. Mm. And so to that extent, I just started coming up with crazy stuff. Like, oh, this artist should come to school. Oh, we should do this. We should partner up with these different organizations. Oh, word. That was when that kind of entrepreneurship muscle started just getting mm-hmm. flexed in terms of me having ideas and figuring out strategic ways to a get buy-in and support for mm-hmm. um, ultimately be able to execute it and make it lit um and so college was great to that from what was your major what was your major at DePaul? communications communications so okay i initially thought i was going into law i always like talking probably talk myself out out of <laughs> issues talk myself into issues both uh but after like my first class and uh what was the name of the class uh, some type of class that has something to do with law. Part of uh-huh. it, I can't even think about it. Um, but I hated it, and I said, "Oh hell no! If this is what I gotta do." Oh, Polly Sauce, Polly Any, if this is what I gotta do in order to be a lawyer, I'm not interested. So I was a like, word. Hey, "We'll figure. I'll be in communications, and I'll figure it out." Um, and through that, you know, I do internships for investment banks, and I was mm. primarily a financial decision. Um, because investment banks were the highest paying, but I wasn't like a banker. You were creative. Like, you were just following the money at this point. Yeah, so they had like creative things in investment banks. So I interned for like internal communications, the things that they posted around the physical building. I know like we don't actually go to buildings anymore and things mm-hmm. board, but <laughs> right. uh, all the internal things that, you know, employees need to see, I would like edit them, wordsmith oh, nice. copyright it to some degree. Um, so that was cool because I was getting the, the, the somewhat big money at that point, what I considered to be big money coming from Chicago, like nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, and getting, you know, uh, the experience that I wanted. But that was obviously 2008, 2009, financial crisis. And, you know, a lot of people losing their jobs at that point. So when it came to graduation, um, I was forced into being like an operations for an investment bank, which is completely different than doing communications. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had no experience, not super analytical at that point. So it was like learning on the job. It was crazy. I was communications major. I that was in New York or that was in Chi-Town? That was in New York City. Um, okay, so that's what brought reason, you to New York. That's what brought me to New York, working at the investment banks. And a lot of people um, from New York went to DePaul University. Mm. Uh, and they had a crazy vibe about them i just i was pulled to new york new york you were pulled like, it's they dragged you here huh when i tell you i met them and i was like oh like, I <laughs> I, and, I, and i know you know you don't gas new york you know what i'm saying i know how it goes now and i would never have said this to them at that time but i was uh. really like I thought they had a different vibe about them. And uh-huh. I, was like, I need some of that energy. Like they just, wow. different. and that's what drew me to New York, but they okay. put me on game. Like they put me on game. I was a Midwest boy. Not to say we think a little bit smaller, but New York is just anything bigger. Dog, they think raw, they think different. And I got to give them their credit on that. I mean, I'm just saying, you know, you just came to New York and took it by storm, man. You got like a big personality, you know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, You're yeah. friendly. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that, Midwest vibe worked in New York very mm. well with different people. Um, you know what I'm saying? Like we're we're energy. We'll mm-hmm. you know a lot of I'm, energy. We're not as cool like New Yorkers to some degree. If I had to critique them, I just big them up. Let me give them the opposite side. Like sometimes they take themselves too seriously. I mm. wasn't that. You know what I'm saying? And so I brought a different vibe to New York too because I was like, oh y'all just listen to this banging ass song. And you just gonna stand there and look too cool. No, let's dance. Yo, I saw, yo, dude, I still saw, got a picture of you at a South and C- C- party. I believe it going crazy, bro. <laughs> going crazy. <laughs> I was like, who is this brother bringing all the energy? I'm like, yeah, yeah. yeah. So if y'all don't know, you know, Costa was the king of New York at one point, man. Nah, I know he's man. all cold. I and passed retired, the baton, man. brother. Passed the baton. I was so happy to pass the baton, man. Kasi had the joints in New York, so you know what I'm saying. That was that was one of the things that made New York so fun. You had the mm. party. You had everybody who worked. Everybody, you worked hard. You played hard. Mm-hmm. Um, and so being in finance and being in operations, a space that I knew nothing about, it really pushed me to build an analytical muscle that I had never developed before. Mm. Um, and to that extent, it wasn't fun work, but it was necessary work for where mm-hmm. I'm at now. But we could get to that. Um, so doing unfulfilling work, but building a skill set that will honestly set me apart longer term. 
uh, but like just not passionate about the work. Mm. I was like, nah, I need to do something that I really enjoy. Um, and I tried to get some internal mobility. He was trying to get them to move me into HR because I like I need to deal with people. I know that's what I'm good at. It's not a mm. little Oh, that's how you got your interest in HR from there. It's not gonna work, but I really want to do like recruitment or something people oriented, marketing something. Um, and they wouldn't give me a shot. And so I started looking externally. Um Shireen was going back to B school. Okay, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. How did you meet Shireen? Because this, this is met, a major part of the story. And I want to make is. sure she's a major part of the story, brother. It is. So that is my wife. We met at work. So that Barclays Capital Operations role that I got, she got too. So the first mm. day, full-time job, putting on your suit. First day as a, like a full-time employee. Um, they put you in, a, it was a class of 50 interns, well, 50 mm. new grads. Um, it was four black people and one of them was so fine. <laughs> like, wow. Yeah, like three other women, they all my homies, but I saw Shereen, I was like, Same word. Oh, uh, nah, seriously. And, you know, now I'm like, okay, she's successful. She's working mm-hmm. where I'm working. She's making what I'm making. What's up? Right. Um, so we went through a rotational program for a couple of years while I was doing all those operations things that I hated. And then we both ended up at the same job, two years in a worker. Mm. Um, but this this last job she hated it as much as I did but you know I was you know just going with the flow like I'm like I can't lose no job I can't take no risk you know right right. go back home mama said you gotta go to college of the army I can't go home (laughs) your your mom's gonna make you enlist and whatnot (laughs) (laughs) she was like nah I'm about to try and go get my master's in human resources and pivot my career I just can't do this so she went ahead and did that and then there was an opportunity that they reached out to her for but she had already gone to B school um and so she um so by this time you guys were together yeah, we had just started dating. We maybe like three months into dating. How did you? Uh, how did you? Uh, you know, express your your your. Wow, you getting deep? You come on, brother. So we keeping it real, man. I, I need high tech. So I'm, I was HR inappropriate. Oh my god! Like it. I think the energy was palpable between the two of us. And if you mm. were like a colleague on the floor, you probably was like, "Are they messing around?" right this don't feel right like why is he so like bad or what but like we weren't together so um i I had somebody that i was uh seeing um okay point and i was just really feeling like i was falling in love with so she started as your work wife (laughs) (laughs) she could be like i was nobody's work wife he was trying to work me but you know so i was just like really 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 vibing with her and i was Uh like yo like um, I feel like I like you. I took her to this pot out to work and I was like, I just want to tell you something. Like, I feel like I like you. Nice. And, and her words, she like, no, like, I don't know who you think I am. Mm. Like, what am I supposed to, what am I supposed to do with that information? You have a girlfriend. She's read me my rights and then she mm. changed up on me. It was no more work wife. She wouldn't look my way. You know, she'd be mm-hmm. like, oh, good morning, Charles. Like, she'd be like, you know, so, oh, wow. like the other people on the floor. Um, and I broke my heart, but uh, me and the other girl ultimately broke up. And then the next day, I was like, yo, I'm single now. I, mean, I already know you like me. Like, <laughs> right, you, right, right, you right. You say you don't like me if you want to, but I know. And then I came in the next day and tried to. You fell for that Midwest swag. And see, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> see if she was going to uh, be about it. And she still turned me down. So I literally had to beg her to nice. take on a date um, and get out the friend zone. And obviously, mm. the rest is history. But I knew. I knew. I knew. Wow. Um, that's yeah, dope, that's, man. That's I wanted to really share that story because, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of a lot of people come to New York to play. A lot of brothers yeah. come to New York to play and yeah. date as many people as they mm-hmm. can because they're young. Yeah. You you yeah. know, you got serious really early. And I wanted to yeah. share. That's- yeah, I got serious. I mean, I mean, I met her at 20 and we started dating at 22, 23. Oh wow! Am I making that? I'm making that. You know, we dated eight years. Is that close to eight years? Wow! So twenty four. Yeah, we started dating when I was twenty four. Uh huh. And yeah, between marriage and dating. Wow! So you guys started making moves together. So whenever you know you wanted to make a move, you would you know run it by her. Yeah. And did she like support you? Did she inspire you? Did she you know? Yeah, I would say it was it was inspiration the most. You know what Mm. I'm saying? So that job that she recommended to me because she was already on master's program was really the job that changed my my life. 
So obviously we had the same background. We were doing the exact same job. She's like, I couldn't take it. She she told the recruiter to look at my profile, which was similar. Um, and I got a job at Ernst & Young. Um, and I lasted there for six months. Um, I went there. <laughs> I did the job. It was like at the intersection of like data analysis, which I built a good toolkit for and kind of HR, but it wasn't true HR. Mm-hmm. And it was just a very difficult role to kind of be in because you were looking at the people as data. Mm. Um, that's not. That's, that's not, not you, brother. Man, you know what I'm saying? That's not you. No, 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 no. People are people. People are not. Dollars. Yeah, not numbers. What? You know, they're not I'm statistics. I, I, I mentioned the name of the company, something chill. I'm a professional now. Right, right, right. Uh, but it just wasn't the right fit. I'll say that. Mm-hmm. So after six months, for the first time in my life, I had nothing. No job, no nothing. No. You were like, income. deuces, I'm out. This is not for me. Nah, I don't say that I chose it. I think that they chose to. Oh, word. <laughs> yeah. Oh, word. I didn't think it was working out for me, but I mean, it was fair. They they had some good, you know, corporate speak. I'm, a, I'm an executive now. I know how to finesse mm. it. It was corporate speak, uh, you know, reduction, severance, mm. you know what I'm saying? Whatever. Right. Either way, they let me go. Um, And then, you know, I wasn't focused on saving. I wasn't focused on those sorts of things. That muscle wasn't built in me yet. Mm. I just knew. I got my money. I lived paycheck to paycheck. I went and partied. I came to your party. And I was like, something's going to come back. Like, uh, but then I was really telling because I lost all my money. I had a nice place in you know, Manhattan. I had to move out and go to Brooklyn wow. uh, to a shared apartment. Like It was very, very, very humbling. I like moved down and just like went to her school and like lived with her for a bit. So I didn't wow. pay no rent anywhere. So it was just like, it was crazy. But during those time, I was like trying to figure out what I really wanted to do. The investment banks were calling and be like, hey, you come do this operations work again. And um, I was like, no, like, that's not what I'm passionate about. And so I ended up getting the opportunity from a headhunter who was trying to get me to go into operations. I was like, no, actually, I want to do your job. I want to be a recruiter. I want to do this. And they were like, mm. really? You sure? And I was like, yeah. And it was like, well, listen, you'll come in. You'll be at the most entry level. Mm-hmm. You will make and honestly, it was making less money than I had ever made in my life. My mm-hmm. internships paid more than what they were freaking paying. Wow. Um, and I was just like, you know what? I prayed about it. My brother was like, listen, you do something you're passionate about. The money is going to come. That was the line that stuck with wow. me my entire life. 16 months older than me. He told me that. I told him it's easy for you to say you make a six figures. You good, man. Like, right, 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 right. Sure, sure. The money's going to come. But I say that like, you know, I'm in a position that I'm, I'm I'm solid now, but I really think it's important, you know, for people to understand, like I took that leap. I, took, mm. I was, I'm a testimony. I'm a testament that if you do something you're passionate about, like, no, it's not, uh, I'm not being facetious about it. I'm telling you because- You started from the it. bottom. You know what I mean? That it's going to work out. And I did that entry level, learned the nuances of recruiting um, and built this thing into a real freaking career because I was wow. passionate about it. I did it differently to other people. And now all those years in finance that I hated having to do those Excel spreadsheets, understand data, like that is literally the crux of what set me apart, being able to use data to leverage and mm. make decisions based off of that. So it put me in a whole different category as a recruiter and I just catapulted the second half of my career. Wow. So your combination of your people skills and your analytic mm. skills combined. Yep. You... So how did you end up at Facebook? So um, after the agency recruitment, did a few years there, did really well. But, you know, that's just ebbs and flows of that business. You know, one mm-hmm. day you're making a lot of money. If you hire a lot of people, you're not hiring no people, you're not making no money. I knew I wanted to go back corporate. Um, so I went to J.P. Morgan and it was in a quantitative research recruiting space. So very mm. new space in finance um, and the competitors for this new market was the tech folks, um, tech companies. Mm. So all the people that I were coming up with super creative ways to engage and get hired at JP, they just, they were like, Charles, I really enjoyed you. Great recruiter. You helped me so much. I'm going to Facebook. Hey, you were awesome. Wow. Really you. I'm going to Google. I was like, what? what's going on in tech that I don't know about? Right, 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 right. Like, well, I can't get nobody to want to wear a suit and tie every day. And I was like, you know what? Like, is it? I'm ready to be more authentic self at work. Like I'm spending all this money on Jordans. I'm not able to wear them because I'm in a <laughs> suit and tie. Five wow. It's this other space that seems to be booming. People seem to be happy. Um, I want, I want a piece of that. And so the only reason I ever applied for a tech job outside of finance is because I didn't get promoted immediately. And I thought that, you know, it was, if it was a true meritocracy, 
I should have been promoted to VP. I, I was at JP Morgan like 11 months. Mm. And I freaking killed it. I don't think mm. I ever told anybody this. I killed it. They sat me in the office. They gave me really good bonus. And they were like, you know, we see you on a VP track. And all you ever wanted in finance to make it to VP. I was like 28, 29 or something. And I wanted to um, make VP before 30. And they were like, you know, you haven't been here long enough, but you are on track. And all things considered, you should make VP next year. And I said, you ain't going to tell me I'm pretty much VP right now. You're going to make me wait a year. I was like, I'm going to go get a different wow. counter. I'm going to go get a counter offer. And then I'm going to force you to make me VP right now. So before I went to Morgan Stanley, Goldman Sachs, et cetera, to get a counter offer, I was like, well, let me just put my name in the hat for a few tech companies. And I uh, reached out to a few friends, one at Amazon, one at Google, one at Facebook. And then I actually got like traction from a from Google okay. and Facebook. And so I was like, cool. If they're giving me an opportunity, let me at least like put my best foot forward. And I knew nothing about tech. I had all these informational calls. I spent weeks studying for like I was pledging online. Like, I was like, <laughs> if I'm not going to be in the hole. <laughs> it's not going to be because I'm not, I didn't put forth the effort to learn the business. Mm. I did everything I could. And I ended up getting two offers, one from Google and one from Facebook. And I said, oh, my days in finance are over. over. I never expected. I was just going to go get rejected from these and go get an offer from another investment bank right. and move on with my life. My wife was eight months pregnant when I went through this exercise. Say word. Um, and I got a Facebook offer to relocate to San Francisco within a month. And I got a Google offer to relocate to Austin within a month while she was eight months pregnant. So if you want to talk about a true partner who really like aligns and, and believes in your dreams and that really impacted her job, she's just as successful, if not more successful than me. She was mm -hmm. assistant vice president at Bank of America. And she was like, you know what? If, if this move is. So what, she was doing her thing. She was doing her thing. Bro. And eight months pregnant. And eight months pregnant, and my knucklehead self, like, oh, I want to take this job in the bay that's going to cause you to have to leave your job and wow. kind of follow this dream of mine. And so that's humbling, bro. Like, wow. I, I still don't know how she did it. People be interviewing me, but I'd be like, y'all need to interview that woman. Well, different. <laughs> this is the reason why I bring her in here because, <laughs> you know, I see you guys, I see you guys how y'all move as a couple. Yeah. Yeah, and I don't, yeah. you know, I don't, I don't want to understand how you guys did it because yeah. you guys are so like one, you know, mm -hmm. and I, but I know somebody had to make mm -hmm. sacrifices for the other. Absolutely. Absolutely. But that was the greatest sacrifice ever is allowed. What was her reaction when you, you told her about the opportunity and that you would probably have to move? Um. Well, she knew that there was potential for relocation. She always made it seem like, hey, Charles, like, you are my husband. Um, you're the head of the household. Like, wow. I'm going to allow you to make this decision. Wow. Um, honestly, 100%, Kelsey, it wasn't until last year. So this, we're talking four or five years later. Mm -hmm. We were doing an interview for BlackLove.com. That's actually coming out in a little bit. So when mm -hmm. was giving a little plug there, the producer asked her that question. And she, for the first time, told me that. She never wanted to do this, but she didn't. Whoa. Oh, whoa. wow. What? Moment. She told me that she never wanted to do it. But she well, first of all, where's, where's Sharif from? Uh, she's from New York. A New York, New York. A New York. Bro, she sister. said she never wanted that to influence me pursuing it to my, like, the best of my abilities. Mm. Y'all can see my face. Like, I, I literally got emotional saying that because I'm like, I didn't even know that that entire mm. time. But I, as, as I told you, I, during it, I was just like, oh, she said, cool. We going to Facebook. Right, right, right. Baby going to uh, Austin. You know, you'll go have a baby. Then we'll figure it out. But until last year, I didn't even know that she even cared or was like disappointed or leaving her entire family and not mm. having that support when she was going to have a newborn of having her mom there. She never told me that. Wow. Um, so that's like a crazy sacrifice. But it was worth it. You can ask her now. Definitely. Oh, no doubt. No <laughs> she's living a she live life right now, y'all. I know. I know <laughs> oh, yeah, for like, sure. She's an asshole. They probably think I'm an asshole, but nah, she's good. No, nah, um, man. I love this story, brother. I love this story. And I mean, as much accolades as you get, I think she definitely should, you know, have yeah. equally, Absolutely. if not more. She's your Michelle Obama, Absolutely. brother. That's a fact. That's a fact. Period. So y'all moved to San Fran, that, eight months yep. pregnant. You know, yep. how was that transition? Oh, it was different, man. Like when you go 
live in New York and it's this thing that we call the, you know, the young black community. I was just under the impression because that's where I lived as an adult. That was just everywhere. Uh-huh. Um, and I had never even stepped foot in San Francisco until we moved. Mm. I did an interview in San Francisco. I actually interviewed for Facebook in Redmond, Washington. Mm-hmm. Um, and I told them that I would never live there. And so they were like, well, what about our headquarters? And I was like, cool. So I the first time I ever stepped foot in San Francisco was when I wow. So yeah, I how did it connect like, there? Um, I had like a, a friend, one of my frat brothers out there, but it was honestly, I was like, whatever, I'm here to work. I'm just going to do this mm. work. And that's it. But I just assumed every place had a young black community. Like, mm. and on the weekends, we're going to brunch and we're going to party. Right, and right, right. We're going to grind. And if it's a happy hour, we're cool. But more times than not, everybody just on their grind. That's all I right, right. in New York. Um, and I got out there and oh my God, no, none of Dry. Boy. Oh, so dry. <laughs> it's helpful in that I had some really cool colleagues, so my coworkers became my friends. But mm-hmm. you know, the level of resentment that Shireen had towards that, because at that point she was, you know, not working and was with a baby all day, and she was like, mm. "I want to see here and hear about your fun you had after work, hanging out <laughs> with your Facebook people and eating wow. lunch." Like I'm sitting here bored. I don't have no way of meeting anybody. It's not mm. that many black people in the Bay, um, so you're not like able to just meet people, you know, by going to a a little situation or a happy hour or whatever. So I right. like a plus one party at my house. Uh, I shouldn't say house. We were renting a spot, but a little spot that we were staying in. I was like, I need all my coworkers to invite one of their friends and then come to my house and then help my wife make friends. So you know, wow. So you, you started hosting events because you want to make sure your wife knows as many people as wife was able to meet people. Wow. Uh, and so she just got her spirits lifted. But then the ultimate kicker is she she had the baby four or five months of maternity leave. She was ready to get back on the job market. And guess who gave her a job? Facebook. <laughs> oh, nice. So, so nice. She was like, oh, it's lit. Now I'm here too. It's my, it's my domain. Oh, wow. Uh, they, they saw the talent in her for sure. Um, We both working at Facebook. We were like, uh, the first family of Facebook they had us recording stuff. It was it was a time. I love that experience so Yo, much. Yo, Charles, you brought the you brought the party to Facebook, man. Oh man, we lived all oh, listen. You will never hear me say a bad word about Facebook. Uh, we we had, it was an amazing time, amazing company culture. Um, I created a black men at Facebook, just continue to build community there. Got endorsements, mm-hmm. some really cool things, um, and and we just. We were constantly traveling to LA while we were living in the Bay. And as much okay. as we, Facebook, we hated the Bay, like it just was not fun. I did a party there, I brought an RB house party there. And it was just like, it wasn't the same as in right. the I'm not saying every party is built equally, every party is not going to be great. Mm-hmm. Like that was just like so different of a vibe. And I was like, it ain't me. Now I know, like, listen, I, I'll know when it's me. Or I, I, <laughs> I was like, it ain't me, it's y'all. So I was like, oh, <laughs> Um, but we just kept visiting LA and was having a blast. And we were like, okay, our next move, we need to move to LA. Just the weather, the vibe. Mm. That was where we knew we wanted to be. And I got opportunity um, to take on a senior level role at Airbnb, pre-IPO company, uh, doing incredible things at this point. All we did was Airbnb everywhere. And I was like, mm. oh, this is dope. Um, and to go through that opportunity. like, How did you get that opportunity? Honestly, people were just hitting me up. I was just doing well at work, in tech finally. Uh, showing up everywhere on LinkedIn, doing impactful programming and projects. Um, I just started getting hit up by recruiters for so many companies. Oh, wow. Um, honestly, it was a choice. Like, and, 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 you know, that's why I said when you do really good work, like things shifted for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was honestly me choosing the Airbnb. So. Wow. Okay. Okay. So how long you were at Facebook by then? Uh, almost two years. Almost okay. Two years. So yeah. it was an easy transition being that Bay was dry yeah, wasn't you? LA was was a better vibe. Yeah, you know, you probably had like a lot more friends out in LA. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like I said, my coworkers in the Bay were my friends in LA. I just had people already, and we were we would live a life every time we would come down here for a weekend. I was like, mm-hmm. oh, we get to do this. We need to live okay. this life. I wondered why, how you know, because mm-hmm. I, you know, you were killing. Listen, you didn't make Facebook look dry. You make Facebook look lit, brother. <laughs> and I'm like. Facebook was crazy. It was a crazy time, bro. Mm. But you were like, nah, I'm over this. I'm going to go to to uh, to L.A. How was that transition? It was great. And I mean, this is a hot take, but 
if, you know, Facebook wasn't really like thinking remote, a lot of companies have shifted, you know, their thought process on where and how you need to work to be successful. But like if Facebook would have let me move to LA, chances are you would have been at Facebook still been honestly, honestly. Uh, But what was your question? I mean, how was that transition to LA um, from LA transition was easy. I have folks here. um, The LA life was different. Like on Wednesday, I'm in a party. You know, this is obviously, this is right after Nipsey um, got his Grammy and rest in peace. God bless his family. Uh, But he won the, he was nominated for the Grammy. I'm in LA and I'm at a party for a hundred people with him, Jay-Z, Snoop Dogg, <laughs> T.I. It's a hundred people there. Wow. 5,000, a hundred people. Wow. Intimate. Five band, intimate. And I am 10 feet from Jay-Z, Nipsey, Snoop, T.I. Nice. Everybody. We just catching a vibe. And I said, oh, is this what LA is? Mm. I can because this is just different. And so we I came down and the scene was different. And even in New York, like, you know, it was like, oh, you got to pay. Here it was just like industry bench. You don't pay for stuff. You just show up. And I was like, wow. Oh, it was a different life. A different life. <laughs> and so we, we fell in love there. We was out. We were out in the street. She was having a good time as well. She was having a good time. Like, you know what I'm saying? It was just like, oh, in the Bay, I would just expect her not to want to go. So I would mm-hmm. always get kind of be out by myself and now like all of our la friends are both our friends she was like you better find a sitter i'm going what you think i want to yeah, go? let me ask you about that i mean you guys are young you know definitely professionals and you guys are very social how do you do that with a young you know child yeah well a my son's phenomenal um he's amazing we Again, we don't just trust our kid with anybody and being on the opposite coast from any of our family. My mom lives in Dallas. My dad and mom is in Chicago. Um, her mom is in New York. So it's been tough not having a support system, but, you mm-hmm. know, we had to find ways and pockets wherever it's like we had to choose. All right. You know, I threw parties. We haven't spoken too much about it, but like 2019, I did like 20 parties all across different cities. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're going to talk about that in a you. second. Some of which were with you, right? And so. Right. She and those weekends, she's like, Hey, that means I need to be at home. I need to just be going over to somebody's house. I got the baby all weekend because Charles is gone. But then when I had opportunities and she needs to go bachelorette parties or going out on a Wednesday girls night, cool. I'm in the house. Mm. I, uh, it was it was a humbling experience. You guys took turns. Seeing her be on when I'm just sitting at home with the kid, but you know, we had to take turns and um just find, you know, some good sitters that we trusted. But now, you know, my brother, my little brother's out here. So he really, really helps us out with CJ. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, no, it was it's definitely difficult. You have to make choices, make sacrifices. But I would say she she definitely gave up more for me to be able to grow the business and be on the road the way that I was, you know, mm-hmm. pre COVID, uh, for me to be able to really make that into a success. Wow. All right. So before I go to R and B house party, how was your experience at Airbnb? Um, how was that culture? Airbnb was so good, man. Like, you know, building something from zero to one. We had a fire team down here. Uh, new category, you know, just the fact that everybody knew Airbnb for homes and where they stayed, mm-hmm. how they were accommodated there, and then trying to shift people's minds to what it is that they wanted to do while they were in certain locations through an Airbnb experience. And what does that process feel like? You know, what does that click through on the website feel like? And hiring the people that was going to be able to do that. Um, it's just a super dope experience and just like uh, being able to build out another ERG group. But honestly, it, it existed, but like really doing creative things in the market mm-hmm. and appetite for it. So, you know, my my as I was leaving, because I took over Airbnb, Blackhead, you know, like halfway through the first year, um, halfway through 2019. By Black History Month of 2020, I'm doing screenings with Ava DuVernay. Wow. Um, like, what? I'm doing partnerships with YouTube. Like, it was just wild. It was wild, bro. Because you're in LA, bro. Like, it's the it's so big. Yeah, I had easy access to these people. Easy access to this stuff. And with a brand like that behind us, I was just able to do some very creative things. Nice. Um, yeah, Black Excellence Brunch with Trail Thomas. I had, you know, some people there. So it was just like, we were able to really do some fire things and i loved it and i did not want to leave but i was just pulled to this play versus yeah yeah like yeah let's you know how long we had airbnb a year and three months what made you leave like 
Yeah, it's this guy. Um, I say that facetiously because that is my friend. That is my brother. He's the CEO <laughs> of Play Versus. His name is Delaney Parnell. Um, he's 28, young, one wow. of the most smart people I've ever met in my life, CEO of this company. Uh, Play Versus is the official esports platform for high school and collegiate gaming. Pretty much we're enabling uh, students to win state championships playing video games in the same way that they could football, basketball, mm. baseball. That's a level of inclusivity that no other sport can provide being that you can, um, there's no height weight requirements. There's, it could be co-ed. And if you just have a passion for it, you get the opportunity to be a part of the team. Mm. That's not, that's not anything any other sport can say. I mean, mm-hmm. he had the vision, got buy-in for it, raised three rounds of funding, $106 million. I was like, okay. Now At 28? It, he was younger than that. He's 28 now. So that's and, and that's crazy, a, it's right? a brother. He's a brother. Black man. Yes. That's what I'm saying. It's crazy. Wow. And so post that Series C, it was like, hey, I need to build a business. And uh, we were just friends, and, you know, we hanging at Afrotech. He'd buy tables at my parties. And he was just, to my, from my opinion, you know, just watching me professionally from afar. But he mm. did diligence was like, hey, um, I hear you the best in the business. And I want the best. And I want you to work for me. I was like, whoa, Word. whoa relax. I'm doing something great at Airbnb. Uh-huh. I am good. I honestly just got here. Right. Thank you. He was like, "You sit on this. Like, when would you have an opportunity to a help shape a company at this scale? Mm. Uh, B, like, what about the optics? You from Chicago, West Side, of having a black CEO, a black director of talent, really showing each other what you know a diverse and equitable." An inclusive environment looks like and having a seat at the table. Like, mm. you're like cool. you can go that's how he pitched you. That's how he pitched you. You could be a part of the cog, or you could come here and we could we could really hold these other companies accountable. Wow. And I just could not sleep after he said that to me. I couldn't sleep. Wow. I kid you not. Kid you not. I couldn't sleep. And I made the very, I mean, my stomach was turning because I loved Airbnb and what we were doing so much. But that, that resonated with me. And I was like, I got to do it. I got to What did it. Shireen, what did Shireen think? She was like, you crazy. Airbnb's <laughs> IPOing. Uh, you got all this equity. You, we could be sitting really, 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 really pretty. But if that's what you want to do. Wow. Once again, it. once yeah. again, she deferred to your. <laughs> she, you deferred to me. she deferred to me on my professional stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, she she definitely understood that, though. You know what I'm saying? She's from the Bronx, New York. like, um, And the things we've been able to accomplish over this year. I just made one year. I'm going to make one year. Top of March. Um, mm-hmm. Being a 50% diverse workforce wow um, underrepresented groups so women black latinx disability etc over 50 percent of our company fits that mold um and obviously it's a micro what's, what's, how big is your company how, how many employees yeah, so like, uh, just about 100 employees wow uh, so it's, it's definitely like you know it's a small mm-hmm. subset uh but at the end of the day if you're intentional about it and you go about it the right way you you can you don't have to operate from behind if you have true innovative pathways and do the work in terms of building a top of funnel, like every company should be able to do this. And so mm-hmm. we've done this and we rode showing, talking about how we did it. And we wear that on our sleeve and we like, Hey, these other companies are blowing up smoke. They're doing all of this stuff. Post George Floyd, are we donating this? We doing that? No, no, no. Let's see it. Let's see it in the numbers. Let's see wow. it in the team. We won't play those games. So that's y'all putting, y'all versus. putting foot on next like in the tech industry, like, huh? You know what I'm saying? We in the tech <laughs> industry should <laughs> <laughs> That's how we feel, man. Wow. Okay. So how you feel, you know, with this transition play versus, and, you know, what do you see, you know, your role and play versus role in the whole tech industry in the near future? Yeah. I just see, you know, a just from inclusive and diverse workforce being, you know, at the, at the forefront of that, as an example, Uh, I think our product is super fire and, you know, we have an opportunity to really, enable you know as we continue to have different game offerings and things of that nature just enabling that interpersonal skill man like i just think about the people who were passionate about game and like and us as black people we are oftentimes just end users and we don't mm, think about exactly it as careers we don't think about it as careers but as often as we get into these we always consumers computer labs you know what i'm saying like oh this game is cool i wonder how they built it oh play versus the platform they're enabling us there to play this game. What the heck is that? How do you enable it? What's the technology behind it? And just start raising awareness in those questions early on. Like that is when you're going to really start to build and have 
more diverse engineers and more diverse people that seated at the table on the, at a longer term. So as long as we get into these schools and allowing them to do something that they're passionate about, build those interpersonal skills um, in addition to, you know, their, what their passions are, um, you know, we can really, really make a true impact in this world. Nice. Yo, man, listen, I remember... Cause you know you you know I, I love watching your, your IG stories, man. Cause I, <laughs> I love to see. First of all, I love to see black Super love. Entertaining. I oh, love to see IG black love. My life, and I live vicariously through you because you live in that life in LA. Like you know, you're doing it right. You even freaking build a <laughs> house from scratch in LA. Yeah. And I remember when you left um, Airbnb, and shortly after, the pandemic happened. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. I remember reading where there's a bunch of layoffs at Airbnb. That is a fact. You know what I'm saying? So I, I remember weeks. and I remember saying, yo, bro. You text, <laughs> you text me. You text me. Yep. I was like, yo, you you see the future? Because, you, know? <laughs> <laughs> you know, more I, than a lot of people would be like, why are you leaving such a great, you know, opportunity for a mm, startup? Yeah. But you followed your purpose mm-hmm. and you kind of like, kind of like, yeah. you know, avoided all that. That's a fact. I was two weeks away from being laid off when I took this job. At wow. And you ain't know it. Up, bro. I ain't even know it. You, you ain't, ain't even know, know it. it. <laughs> wow. So tell me what's the lesson there? Because I know a lot of us, you know, we're so scared to take that leap and bet on ourselves. Yeah. You know, yeah. what was that well, lesson? Know, I did it before. Um, and I would say this one was a trickier one because, you know, the Facebook to Airbnb move makes sense. It was like LA, it was growing market, pre-IPO, I understand tech now, but the Airbnb to play versus was back to like that, you know, unemployed into taking this agency recruitment job. And it was just like, yo, I prayed about it. I have faith. I really truly believed mm. um, that this was the situation that was going to make a difference. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't about, it wasn't a money play. Mm. You know what I'm saying? I think when people really focus on the money, um, that's not, that, that's when things don't necessarily go right. And you don't have a good feeling about it, but I focused on the impact and the opportunity that existed mm. um, and the skill set that I developed, you know, in this company that just, we really, really build an infrastructure. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, I mean, I'm a completely different leader and, strategic thinker having gone through this last year than I ever would have been if even if everything was perfect at Airbnb and I wouldn't have gotten laid off. So I just mm-hmm. say, you know, you you do things for the right reason. You look back and like, oh, okay. I made it right. there. You know what I'm saying? Right. So that's just kind of how I'm how I view it. And I noticed that you're a man of faith. Um and, you know, you said you, you know, every I noticed that you said everything you every decision you make you pray about it and you mm-hmm. ask your wife how impact um how important is faith to you as you make this journey and and you know in terms of impacting culture in terms of changing yeah. you know you know the game yeah i mean faith is super important to me my dad is a pastor he didn't start that way he was outside early it's like uh but then, you know for the latter half of my my my, my life maybe around like 18 became a minister and pastor but all my life i was in church my mom and dad always went to church mm. thing. church um, boy so it's all yeah it's always been ingrained in me i lay choirs and all of that but you mm. know uh it was i would say to me more so something to do than like a part of me until you know i lost everything i had an ego i had a man finance you how your business cards i know the young folks don't even know what business cards are you know what i mean they don't, <laughs> right. they don't or whatever but right I had business cards i wore my title on my sleeve I, was mm. there. I got my shit together you know that's how i you know approached the world i didn't feel like i need nobody i feel like i needed god i was just good until i lost everything mm. since my son employed and had to ask people for money and have my wow. girlfriend at the time put my bills on her credit cards and wow credit yeah until i had to do that that will give you some faith, man. <laughs> that'll give you a little bit of faith. Like, all right, wow. Man, if, you fix, if you fix this, I know you real. You know what I'm saying? That's right. how I really develop, you know, a true relationship with them in, 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 in an authentic way. Um, and God, and, you know, all of these decisions that I've made, like I said, it's, just, it's been a rocket ship. Like, I, I'm, I, it's not lost upon me. The salary that I have, the life that I'm able to lead, the fact that I'm living in a new house and 
hot take. I'm trying to buy another house right now. Say what? <laughs> uh, I mean, it, it just looked like, oh, this guy's life perfect. If you look nah. at me for the last two years, I'm not talking about you. I'm saying you look at me over the yeah, last yeah. two years, all you see is that. And so when I get these opportunities to talk through that, it's like, no, but this this is the this is what really mattered to me. Right. Um, in order for us to get to this spot. So, you know, that was when I really built up my faith and my trust. And, and you know, that even led me to being comfortable taking a leap and doing parties. I'm like, yo, I've already had nothing. I know right. what nothing looks like. So doing a party that I'm fearful of because entrepreneurship is scary because people might not show up. That might hurt my ego. My ego already <laughs> got hurt. Right. Like first thing you in New York and you had a happy hour that you meet somebody, they say, oh, what do you do? And I was, man, that's the worst question you could ask. <laughs> right, 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 right. I'm like, I've already done that. So I don't know. I think I should take this leap of faith and do this party thing too. And Yo, let me, let me, let's talk about that. Um, you know, you got, you know, making a lot of ways in the tech industry and you do this dope party, um, R&B house party. And, um, you know, it's doing extremely well. Um, what inspired you to really focus on R&B and doing a party when I think at the time trap music was popping? Yes. yes Everything else preaching. was popping. Nobody was really focusing you on preaching. R&B. What, what you made preaching. you, you know, another vision that you had, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. what, what made you dive into that space? Yeah. So it's twofold. So in high school, um in chicago we did basement parties mm. and in those basement parties it really featured r&b music there's this very you know famous person from chicago that did r&b music that kind of defined that time who we will not name mm -hmm. uh so that was just ingrained in our culture right um, so i went to college and we strolling and we frat bros now and we doing all of this and i'm all oh, wipe me down I'm, <laughs> right I'm like, right like, well, like this ain't the parties that i knew and so to, the alternative to that was doing an R&B house party at the Alpha House. And that's where R&B house party came from. It was right. A, it oh, was okay. a party to remind me and bring me, give me that Chicago feel of a mm. basement party. When so everybody wouldn't just be strolling. You actually dance and dance mm -hmm. with a girl or whatever. So that's where the idea came from. And that was a fire party I did in college. So you bring us to New York. You see a clear need. It's the exact same thing. Everybody in New York, you got these five women. I, I was I was dating. I didn't care. <laughs> right, 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 right. I, I was in a relationship. You got these five women really rocking, like doing the most. Right. You know, <laughs> the most New York. <laughs> Can y'all like want to dance a two-step, please? So um, I was like, yo, it might There's be no like, opportunities for brothers <laughs> to slide up in there with their game. Oh, bro, because we just like, I the problems, yeah. <laughs> 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 you know what I'm going crazy. And so hey. I, you know, uh, Shireen, uh, I was going to like uh, Taco Tequila and Trap Jarrell's party, and um, she was, I was getting pinged and text messages all the time, like, oh, are you going? Are you going? Are you going? Are you going? Because uh, the same energy I brought to your party, man, mm -hmm. I love it, which also I didn't realize, you know, brought something to it. I was doing it because I was having fun, but I also didn't realize, like, that brings you, something to somebody else's party. Your energy um, is... That, you know what I'm saying? And I was doing that at his, and people were looking for me to be there. And oh, wow. Like, bro, it's some people coming for you. Like, I'm not saying all thousand people that come up for you, but it, it's people coming up for you. Like, why don't you do something? Right. And curate something. And I was like, nah, I believe. You know what I'm saying? And she put the battery in my back, as New Yorkers would say. Shereen like, well, put the listen. battery in your back. Wow. And, and I told her, I was like, well, listen, you really, really want to do this, eh? I want to do it with you because you're from New York. I have transplant friends, they call me. I'm not <laughs> from New York. All my right. friends are not from New York. She's true New York, and she like to call herself. I was like, well, you do it with me so you can get your real New Yorkers. I'll get my transplant friends. I think we'll have a higher likelihood of being successful. I'm a businessman now. Right. So be successful if we do it together. Um, but I was like, let's just start super small. Let's make an R&B house party because we're a couple. R&B goes together. People will nice. put in their mind they have a higher likelihood of finding a mate at a party ran by right them. that was the business strategy by <laughs> all right going down into so you find a need you find a gap and then you address it and right right army house party was birthed right and we started small we did underbar in harlem 50 60 people max promoted it on instagram very early instagram days had the mm -hmm. flyer with the music behind it 
uh, within maybe 20 minutes reached capacity and under bar. They gave us $5 a head. We reached capacity. Within 15 minutes, we get text from all our friends like we can't get in, we can't support y'all. Wow. Under bar, under bar started charging people a $75 bar minimum to go down them steps to get into our party. I oh, said, wow. First of all, $75 at that point in time is a lot of freaking, it's still a lot. I still might be like, yo, y'all, trip. I was spending And you only getting $5? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm only getting $5. So that's when I was like, yo, we got something here. Mm-hmm. Let's do this right. I knew the game. Jarrell did parties, understood. You need to build a list, serve. And so I, we just started doing it right. Mm. Next thing you know, uh, rest is history. The, the 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 important piece to notate there is that because I wasn't from Chicago and and I was building a successful business in New York City, my Chicago people was watching that. I would put the pictures on Facebook from the nice. park, yada yada yada. Next thing I know, for lack of a better word, I never lived in Chicago as an adult. My Chicago people think I'm popping because we view mm. New York like that. We view like. If you can make it here, you can make it anywhere. Like, that's how we right. in New York. And it was like, right. oh, our hometown kid killing it in New York. And then it hit me. Traveling. I can easily be able to do this in multiple cities. Mm. And I took my party on the road. And I brought, uh, you know what I mean? I kept me from oversaturating, doing parties in New York, which, again, will mess your party up quick. Because right. I was able to do dual cities. And right. I was like, okay, we could do this strategically. And that's how I built it. I gave a lot of game right there. I hope people paid it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you know that's how it happened. Wow, you know what? I you know you're right in terms of when you approach me, to, you know, to partner with you. First of all, I love your energy, and I love that you were just 100, and I love that you were a married brother. You know, yeah. you weren't a promoter. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah, you yeah, were just yeah. trying you to spread a negative love. stigma about that man. Like I mean, you were. you know, well, I have some um. I was approached a lot by people yeah. who want to partner with people and, yeah. you know, they just saw the immediate picture, you know, they mm-hmm. didn't see the game, you know, they didn't see yeah. how it's going to change culture, you yeah. know what I'm saying? And that's why I put a negative stigma against promoters yeah. because... No, no, I agree. I, I, no, no, I'm, I'm here with you. Yeah, yeah. But, no, so, right. but people try to put you in promoter category, but even what, what I view you, I view myself. There are those who want to do weekly who just want to get you to come out and get a check or text your phone. I'm an event curator. Like, right. I, you're an event curator. We try and create an experience. experience. Spend hours thinking about the music that should be played and what song could create a moment if you put this, this, and that back to back to back. And I'm not a DJ. I can't DJ for the life of me. But I understood the flow and be able to build But you're a great start. host. You know what I'm saying? So that's what I'm saying. So it's just like we put time into it. So right. we try and minimize you to like a promoter. And they right. are those that do that. Those are the people that came to you like, yo, Kelsey, you, you got you got 1,500 people at your party. <laughs> oh, let me get in with him because then right. we split that right. two ways. I'm right. Right. No, 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 no. Yeah, it it's was bigger never. Than, it's bigger than the check. It was never about money. And it wasn't even about popularity. I'm actually yep. an introvert. I love staying yeah. home. Promoters are like, how come you don't support yeah. my party? I'm like, yo, I don't go out. <laughs> i love That's staying home so you fact. know so when i when i you know when i when you you know first of all i've known you for a while and you always supported yeah. me um and whatnot and you know you being a mar- a married brother young married young brother who's just focused on who's totally in love with your wife and and, and it shows I was like, I want to support that. And I want to be a part of that movement. You know what I'm saying? And I'm mm-hmm. like, one of the better decisions. Because I was like, itching to get out the game. Because I was, you know. <laughs> you definitely were. <laughs> you definitely were. And I pulled you back in. So y'all don't know, um, you know, at the at the height of, you know, me doing R&B House Party as an independent entity, I had this really good idea. But this is why, you know, the respect matters, man. You do it right. Like, I wanted to get into the happy hour space. Mine was like a Saturday day party. Mm-hmm. If you can go to freaking happy hours, freaking Kelsey Cooper. Like, <laughs> like South in the City was a moment. I was like, bro, like, I want to do like an R&B happy hour. Where people right. dressed up. Because my party day party, you come in shorts. That's what our whole right. goal was for that party. I was like, I need to do something a little bit different. We can play. Like, I can't go to my party and play 80s music. It just wouldn't feel right for that Saturday party, but at an after work, happy hour, playing Rock With You by Michael Jackson. Right. That's going to work for our audience that's dressed up, post-work, trying to get a little drink. You know what I'm saying? So we, it was like a different vibe that we Man. Could bring. I was like, I need, I, was, I need the king. 
of after work to do this with me and we're gonna create something, bro. Yeah, and man. the streets what? I was <laughs> like, what? what? Yo, know, we lived a life, bro, out of there by nine o'clock and people was like, y'all could get home and, and stay in the house the rest of the weekend because what y'all did between the hours of six and nine. Man, right? man, it was dope. It was special and that's what I love. Yeah. It was something that was not only a part uh, party it was a movement and it, and it impacted yeah. people's lives not only right then and there it impacted people's long term mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying yeah. it's, and it promoted black love and it, it promoted yeah. black culture in a mm-hmm. dope way man I, and I, that's what i loved about what you do man so what's your plan bro it. what's your plan for r&b house party i, I mean it's well, doing well yeah. you know yeah yeah I, I, yeah I'll say, you know, when when the pandemic first hit, I was like, cool, I'll just wait it out. Like, and I had done 20 cities in 2019, 2020. Mm. I had crazy plans. I was in talks uh, with a liquor brand to sponsor like a 10-date tour. Like, I was signing up wow. 10 dates, seeing bread that I had never thought I would see. Wow. And you're already making Dude. bread at your nine to five. I have a full-time career, too. So, yeah, I mean, you're doing a lot of math. Oh yeah, I'm counting your money, brother. I'm counting your money. I'm counting your money. You talking about? I'm about, I'm about to buy another house. I'm like, <laughs> to be clear, it did not happen, right? But it was like it was a forced opportunity for me uh, to chill out because it's just like it was just a mm. lot of work. I was not at home. I was not spending no time with my kid. It was just like I come to work. Mm. I'm planning my stuff. I'm flying out on Thursday night. I'm back Saturday morning. I'm sleep all day Sunday. I'm back working Monday. Like that was just it. That was my life. I was doing it and it was paying dividends. Uh, so 2020 with the pandemic, I was like, cool, I need a break anyway. Let's right. wait it out. Um, and just my persona, I'll say, was really about pushing my brand. I was synonymous with Army House Party. I hosted, oh, Charles doing another party. I leave this city. Next thing you know, is another flyer for the next city. That's all I posted. It was like, oh, I'm doing this. I'm doing that. Right. And then for a year, I just got to post me and my family and what mm. that has done for my personal brand. Cause it wasn't party related. It was just like, Hey, I'm hanging out with my friends. Oh, this guy's fun. Not in a party setting. He's fun watching, you know, right. basketball. You right. Know, good content. Oh yeah. You bring, you so, bring the energy brother. <laughs> so from those efforts, like, uh, out of nowhere, I've gotten opportunities this year, like beyond will of fortune to host a new show. That's about to come out. Um, oh. on Facebook watch and like uh, obviously I mentioned Black Love Doctor is about to come out like on own so like real stuff's happening because I was forced due to this pandemic to really like slow down the party stuff Um, and I think that there's a space for that to come back again I don't take this thing as a joke people have lost their lives people have lost loved ones Um, and I would just don't want to put nobody at risk I want I want it to be clean before I you know Most go back to that angle and I'm just not super big on virtual either. You know what I'm saying? I mm-hmm. did a few things during the pandemic, but it was to raise money for people who lost their jobs and right. give them being able to just get them money right. uh, through the money I was able to raise through my through my network of my business. But you know, if we're gonna go back outside, I want it to be under the under the pretense of safety. And I know it's gonna go wild from a party perspective. But I'm just happy about how this is helped elevate you know my personal brand charles the person charles doing the podcast before none of this stuff was happening it was just, right right it's all about the parties you know what i'm saying and i think that sharing my story sharing a little bit more about me is okay thinking i'm somewhat of a decent dude so you have first of all you gotta tell me if you can um yeah. how to real fortune um opportunity came as well as you said you were about to host a show how you yeah. know I don't know if you want to share a little bit. I yeah, mean, no, I, mean, I, I mean, it's coming out next week. That's what they say, but they pushed it back from this week. It's supposed to come out today, actually. Uh, I don't care. I mean, it's going to come out. Um, mm. It's with The Shade Room on um, the Facebook Watch. It's their first show ever. Uh, nice. It's called The Shady Brunch. Um, and I'm the host <laughs> of it. Um, we put top uh, black chefs through a cooking competition. Okay. Where they cook with a shady ingredient. Uh, to oh. put into their food and some southern cuisine that we all know and love, and then we have a panel of shady judges who judge the food. Oh wow! So, oh, that's uh, dope. Another forward-thinking opportunity. I didn't create the concept, but I'm just the host. It's- but it was so fun to film. I think it's going to be super engaging. It's going to debut on Facebook Watch. 
Um, it's good to see more faces like us, you know, come a full circle with Facebook, right? Uh, come right, right. Having, uh, some really good, more diverse content on the platform. Obviously, you know, Jaden and going crazy with Red Table and mm-hmm. the ball and the family, the ball brothers. But, you know, this like in the cooking space, there's just so many nine people like our people of color in that space. Um, I think it's a great opportunity for a disruption. Oh yeah, bro. I think that's your, that's your new. It's not beloved no more. It's disruption. Disruption. <laughs> Charles. <laughs> Charles disruption. <laughs> like right. This disruptor. But you know what I'm saying. First of all, I'm I'm calling it now. Mark my words. Okay. This show is gonna be okay. dope because I know wow, what you bring. You. I know uh, and thank I know you. what you bring um to the culture. I appreciate that. And I know people are gonna love what you bring to the culture, especially after they, uh, you know, they, they know about your journey and whatnot, and how you got to where you know you are. So, okay, so that. real fortune. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, we got was, an agent. You got it. You went to LA and did a LeBron. I, I, <laughs> I was waiting on the agent. I said after these shows, I'm trying to get an agent to be strategic about the opportunities. But real fortune, honestly, the pandemic has assisted with those type of opportunities because. They want local LA people, people who get rapid tested. Oh, right. Be quick to it. And they wanted to still get a season out. And so they were like, oh, we just doing LA cast that only this year. Normally, it's the entire freaking world that tries to get on Little Fortune. They right. kept it to LA. They were looking at their demographics, I'm sure. Felt like they needed more black men. Reached out to a casting agency. The casting agency that got us on Black Love was like, we're looking for black men and women for Will of Fortune. My wife was like, no, you need to sign up. I was like, whatever. I don't even watch this. I'm not good at this. I'm not good at tricking, bro. I'm a smart, analytical mind, but I'm like, when it comes to that type of stuff, that's not it. Uh, Signed me up. I went through the process. And they were like, you filming end of January. And I did it. And I want want us some free money. I like money now. So I (laughs) I was like, I'll go try and win some money. Um, And I want $5,700. Wow. Okay. I'll take it. I will take it. Yo, I, I I was seeing all the love that you were getting on Instagram, yeah, man. Yeah, I wasn't expecting it. It's been crazy. You did, you did, a, you didn't even did a watch party and why not? You know, for your <laughs> joint brother. I feel like people are looking forward to, you know, just being around you and Shireen and CJ because of the yeah. energy what you guys represent in terms of for the culture, yeah. and you know, in terms of yeah, you know, being a disruptor in the tech industry, and now you're gonna be a disruptor, you know. And everywhere else, television, you know, baby. That's next. That's next. Wow. Okay. So let's talk about that. Let's talk about that. Um, what's next for you, brother? What's next for you know Charles the disruptor? The disruptor. Man, you know, a just keep the family first, being authentic to myself. Mm. Um, you know, just having uh, have an opportunity to really just see like you being you is the skill set. Like nobody can steal your shine. Nobody's gonna take an opportunity that's it's not meant for you. You know what I'm saying? You big people up, you treat people right, you do right by people, and mm. the universe, God, whoever you wanna say, is gonna bring that back to you tenfold. Sound um, like Will Smith right now, brother. And that's, and that's truly that's truly how I feel, man. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've seen that, I've seen it in practice, like not being jealous of other people, trying to do what you can to help other people, going out of your way, you know what I'm saying, to do informational calls for people who were trying to get in the tech space because I was there before. Um, and as I continue to ascend, I needed that humble moment, man. And I reflect mm. on that uh, because, you know, that that's just kind of how I keep that level of humility, no matter all the great things that's happening now. Like I bring a different vibe and aura to it. And, you know, if I get into this television space, I ain't doing it to be famous. Like I, at one point I was just like, I just want to be famous. No, no, no. <laughs> I'm doing it to a, make sure God's elevated, my family's elevated. And if everybody else is, they good. I'm doing that. So, man, so listen, I'm I'm glad I booked you now, bro, because your price is about to skyrocket. <laughs> you are nuts. You are annoying. You're you're <laughs> your price is about it, brother. I would not charge you. Stop playing. Nah, I'm man. Like AJ, he might charge. <laughs> exactly. You, you know, you ain't get that agent yet because you'd be like, yo, yo, talk to my agent. Here's my agent number. Yo, man, listen. You know, I love your journey, man. I love watching it. And thank, thank you. you for sharing it, you know, on yeah. this podcast. But definitely thank you for sharing it on your uh, social media. It's definitely inspirational, man. And that's why I said I need to get Charles on here because, you know, he, he, he you know, he, he did something different. You know what I'm yeah. saying? 
and he and, and he's getting rewarded for it. And I and I feel like the culture needed to, uh, you know, learn what he did different. And um, you know, you you draw some jewels, bro. I appreciate it, man. Well, it was a pleasure. I'm gonna get to the mix. I'm still in LA, man. I gotta get outside, even though the yeah, you gotta go. You gotta uh, go figure out how to get that second house, huh? Yo, man, yo, yo, continuous success, man. Thank you, bro. And um, like I love watching you win. I love watching the family. I, I you know, tell Shereen, you know, I love her. I love whatever you're doing, you know, you know, and just continue, you know, all, on the trajectory up, man. I appreciate it. I appreciate it, brother. Have a good one. All right. Peace. Peace.